Welcome to Steam Powered Scoundrels, a Malifaux podcast. Episode 28B Explorers After Party. Who wants to talk about the Cooper story? Uh, the Cooper story, my favorite. Guy. Boo! <laughs> my favorite for the memes. <laughs> I feel like as our displeasure with Krupa grows, Nate grows more powerful. Yeah, it only grows it only grows greater. The only thing I've ever found to make Nate less powerful is Fitzsimmons. <laughs> it's okay though, because his brother is an eyes and ears for for uh, Cadmus. Oh no. He is joined yeah. the collective. He is one of us. Nope. So this story starts off with at his birthday, because we just need to know that the wealthy man is getting even wealthier. Uh, <laughs> well, obviously, yes, that's how it works. Yes, very sympathetic. You have money and then you get more money. And it's... then other people give you money. Yeah, basically. He gets his doggos, which is like the most humanizing the, thing we've seen of him. The best part of the entire story. <laughs> Is when he is given these puppies. <laughs> and the description of the puppies, and you can just end there. That's like the high point. Just the existence of dogs make anything better. So it's like, yeah, I've got dogs. Oh, wait, throw the dogs on the floor. What's this, a gun? <laughs> just punch them over the fence. <laughs> That's not. And he's like, ooh, gun. Person, give me gun. I must use gun. I must use gun without testing it first. See, but he's but he's rich. He has people to do that for him. <laughs> he has a gun caddy. The Winchester, sir. Yes, please please try out the new gun to make sure it will not break my shoulder. Enter Lackey. <laughs> Mr. Lord Justinian Cooper, sir. I know you're only a couple days away from retirement, but I just so happen to have, <laughs> just so happen to have this thing for you to kill. You like killing things, right? It should be easy. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's fucking rad, in it? I'm gonna walk out to a place, so I'm gonna shoot a big bear. This gun doesn't work? Who could have foreseen this treachery? Oh god, I have been mauled. And that's the end of the Cooper story. Uh, Cooper is actually Except, except you're forgetting, and Miranda forgot, she's been away <laughs> from civilization too long, and has forgotten that money solves every problem. <laughs> and so, it takes three years, but here we are, we're making a robot body. Doug, take it away. Uh, so, the Mauler did what its name implied. <laughs> Dunn did a mauling. Ridges and let's, let's, can we can we take a moment here and appreciate the fact that Marcus, bless him, saw this giant bear thing with these giant bone spurs sticking out of it, and went, "Hmm, this needs an extra set of arms." <laughs> <laughs> Cooper loses two arms, a leg, and a decent part of his torso, which you know would kill anyone. Anyone who doesn't have insane amounts of money to throw at every problem. And also friends that know other, like, super wealthy people. His, his friend Fitzroy such as happens to know the one guy that makes the fucking Corifé. <laughs> Fitzroy, if they ever come out with a model for him, should just have an ability on it that says, I know a guy. So Fitzroy knows the guy that made the Corifé, the, the recluse that we've only heard about in passing for two full editions at this point. <laughs> He's like, oh, I know him. Maybe he'll come help you out. And guess what? He comes and helps him out. 
If he cared about money, why wouldn't he be, like, making robots for everyone? Because he doesn't want to mass produce it. He is there for bespoke robots, not everyone robots. And bespoke means you add a couple zeros to the price. Yeah, let's ignore the fact that, that Colette has a fleet of Corfe. It's gotta in be backstage. It's gotta be a big enough big cash money one. Well, and and the opposite side of this, not to cut too far to the end, but by the end of the story, Campagnolo, which I'm sure I'm butchering because I don't speak Italian. Campagnolo. He basically has a conversation with Cooper when he presents him with Model 9. Campagnolo is is basically saying, like, the money's nice. It allows me to keep messing around without needing to talk to other people. Uh, but this allowed me to get better at my craft, and that was really his, the real reason he's there, I feel. He's so dramatic, and I love the fiery languages he uses to describe very simple things. I'm frustrated because I had in my head that this guy was, like, above money, above, like, other people just telling him what to do and making him do what they wanted. I thought he was, like, he made the Corifei because he really enjoyed the intricacies of artifacting and then like if something was going to pull him out of the hole it would be something on his terms but this is just kind of like we're going to throw a bunch of money at you make me a robot body and he's like yeah cool so yeah uh he spends like four years building a body for cooper that's why we haven't heard about cooper in second edition because all of second edition he was a head and a leg and some torso which begs the question why the hell do his dogs love him so much he had them for like half a day threw them aside for a gun and suddenly they're like just they're they're much they're he doesn't deserve them he they're good not. puffers they point out several times that he can't eat properly so clearly he just continued spilling food everywhere and that's why they love him so much perfect fair. i love it fair this is fair and so uh, Campagnolo first creates, basically, it's a scene from Iron Man. It's the <laughs> Iron Man origin story, except instead of remaining an arms racing fuck nut, <laughs> doesn't learn from his mistakes and instead thrust <laughs> forward with war gumption. <laughs> yeah, it's Iron Man if, if instead of Tony, you had Jeff Bridges' character in the cave. <laughs> yeah. Yet another alt I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he eventually gets his, his robot body. Woohoo, go go him. Robot leg, robot arms, robot torso. Before that was like, okay, here's the thing that, that ticks me off. And that is Model 9, apparently the version right before fucking regular as Cooper as we see him, is this lithe, sleek robot <laughs> that could, like, you know, do flips and shit, probably. <laughs> But it was expressly said, I do not want to be a dancer. Dancing despite, with queers. Despite his, like, <laughs> apparently, apparently hey. just OP-ness at being an engineer, it took Campagnolo ten tries to finally give Cooper what he wanted. <laughs> if anyone's, like, done prototypes and stuff, usually the, the final version is not completely different from the beta. <laughs> He so, kept trying to give Cooper something way too graceful. And finally he was just like, fuck it, here's a barrel. <laughs> Fine. See how you like it. This is a goddamn beer keg with legs and arms. <laughs> suck it. What? <laughs> I'm now just imagining watching Capagnolo work and Cooper hobbles up to this twink robot, screwing it up, throwing it in the fire and pointing at this beef boy. 
Uh, <coughs> I was hoping not Model Nine was going to be Abyssinian because it it just looked Abyssinian to me. So that's kind of, that's kind of a sad sad pants on my part, but. I mean, I, I guess it still could be, but Campagnola doesn't really sound like an Abyssinian name. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like, oh, I don't know, an Italian bicycle company. <laughs> uh, but weirdly enough, like when I try to picture Campagnolo, I get, oh man, what's his name? John Carlo Esposito. <laughs> I am picturing John Carlo Esposito, who is very much not Italian. Yeah, no, that works. I'm good with it. I'll be even more fine with it when he gets uh, somehow cross paths with Kalati's head. <laughs> yep. Never mind. I lost my brain. I need more beer. Someone continue the story and make fun of the fact that he has a chicken foot or something. I don't know. <laughs> hey, Koopa has chicken foot. Did I do it, Doug? <laughs> I mean, hey, Joe, I don't know if you did it, but I know you didn't cock it up. <laughs> hey. uh... I feel like there's something narratively about him getting a mechanized body, losing his humanity, and then deciding hunting the poor seems capital. You've apparently never met a rich person. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, it feels like that's such an escalation. Like, get mauled by a bear, lay in bed for a while, get your new robot body, and then like immediately start hunting people. That's. <laughs> he had four years of lying in bed being like, Oh boy, I can't wait to get out and hunting, but it's boring now. I'm just gonna kill a man. <laughs> like, no, just it feels like such a sh- steep escalation so early in the story to me. <laughs> like, there's there's way too many pages after the I started hunting people. <laughs> so he goes out and he's like, okay, I've got this cool robot body. And Mr. Campagnolo is like, hey, also, I'm really good at making guns for some reason. <laughs> Also a gunsmith, why? Is this big why? enough? <laughs> why? Is this a big enough gun? Gun choreography <laughs> for Colette when? Gun choreography? <laughs> <laughs> Come oh. on, weird! Give me gun choreography! <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. But yeah, he's just like, okay, you know, shooting normal guns is fine. Give me a, a literal artillery piece. <laughs> Because, okay, so quick research, checked out all the, the Nitro Express rifles from around that time. The only one up to, like, the mid-70s. If I recall correctly, the number is, like, the amount of powder inside of the round. Oh, God. So we're bumping up to nearly, like, a thousand... Oh, man. Someone please tell me what that, that unit of measurement is. But Grams? it's... Maybe? Grain? Uh, Something like that? Oh, the it's G- bigger than big. The G is grams. Hello, it's the metric system here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, a gun that's bigger than any other gun someone's shot, probably, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, and he can shoot it standing up. It's gonna knock down everyone else around him just from the concussion. (laughs) (laughs) So, So so, so anyways, he thinks to himself, this is the lovely line of reasoning, it's like, oh man, I've hunted so many things throughout my life, but all that's definitely going to be boring now. Hmm, I was mauled by a Slate Ridge Mauler, but that also seems like something I'm not going to enact vengeance on or anything. What am I going to do? And his, his fucking, god, Fitzroyce, fuck you, dude. Oh man, it'd be just so silly if you could shoot this guy that's stealing, what, my mom's flatware or something? <laughs> That would be so silly. (laughs) What? You want me to give him money so that you can kill him? Whoopsie, I didn't see that happening. 
Just in the background of all of Justin's hunts is just Lucius with opera glasses <laughs> looking on popcorn. But, um, but like we go into like montage of a montage and a montage. Oh, he's killing people. Oh, guess what? Those beasts back home that he was so bored with killing. He, no, he's not bored. He's going to go and kill him again. He's going tours to turn him into a fine jam now. <laughs> tours all of Earth killing <laughs> everything. everything. He comes back to Malvo and he goes killing everything. Just like pick a different hobby, my dude. <laughs> I will I will grant that point. However, uh, with man. the side note that also big shiny gun make big daka. <laughs> Why? Because this is how they get Lord Cooper kills the Mar- the Malifo universe. Oh god. <laughs> Uh, no, nope. <laughs> but fucking, fucking seriously, no. Like, like seriously, he's like, I don't know why I don't enjoy this anymore. You're shooting artillery. You are shooting a goddamn field piece <laughs> at living beings. <laughs> <laughs> I have found that the easiest way I can deal with my hatred of Lord Cooper, both on a moral level as well as the story, is just call him Justin. Strip him of <laughs> Justin. Justin. Not even Cooper, not Lord Cooper, just Justin. Justin. Fucking Justin. <laughs> so, so, what ha- so what happens after you, like, stab the Slate Ridge Mauler to death? <laughs> I feel nothing. You need some therapy, my dude. That sounds like depression. Oh, Cooper sounding is so cool. <laughs> Stop stop impersonating Nate. <laughs> like this dude surrounded himself with lackeys that are A-OK with just hunting down poor people, so I, I can know, mock right. them however I feel. You don't you don't understand. The poor aren't people. Oh. The more <laughs> The more we study Justin, the more I think he is just Vince McMahon. <laughs> So then we get to like the the final quote unquote battle. He's <laughs> like, "Oh, uh, I'm gonna flush out Marcus. Yeah, the dude that yeah. screwed me over, the dude that gave me the superior body, specifically, <laughs> specifically by tracking down his mate Miranda, who it turns out was the one who convinced Marcus not to go all aggro at this guy, but do a more subtle approach by sabotaging a gun. So it's all Miranda's fault." <laughs> This was all Miranda's stupid plan to not just kill the guy like a beast and instead, like, I don't know if Miranda's been away from society too long or is still too much in society, but whatever it is, (laughs) Miranda's stupid plan made a better, a better Lord Cooper, a better super robot Lord Cooper, and now super robot Lord Cooper is after Miranda. Yeah, Justin's gonna track down Miranda single-handedly and kill her with his army of glad-handing yes-men. I'm not entirely sure why he goes after Miranda, because if you would ask me before this story who would be harder to track down, I feel like Miranda would be the harder one to track down. That's probably why, though. He needs the thrill of that hunt. And and he didn't know. He didn't know she was a shape change while he'd heard rumors. And then wanted to confirm that, and then it was confirmed. He's like, ah, yes, this was the Hunter Hunt. Bully! Excellent! My my hounds who love me, even though I can't have petted them for years, let us go on this glorious hunt. And they do. Like, I, I believe it only because he has 
two bloodhounds, an entire hunting party of Russian hunters, and a bunch of other fucking colonialist idiots at his beck and call. And a knife robot and a pear tree. And a knife robot. But yes, he gets he gets his groove back. He's like, oh man, this is so great hunting down this woman, and I definitely am doing it by myself, not with my small army. It's definitely hunt- Cooper's hunting prowess. Yes, you're so manly there, dude, with your big, your big gun between your legs. I love him so much! You're so manly, that boy. It does explain... <laughs> It does explain mechanically why his crew is the most interesting part of his cube. Oh, he's so great. I love him. And you, you people only convince me more and more that I love him. I love this dynamic we've created. Yeah, it's great. So he eventually tracks her down, and she has actually a pretty smart idea of distracting uh-huh. the party with a Malasaurus Rex. So everything, just... everything Miranda has done to have helped. Miranda, no, no, okay, let me let me take this from you, Doug. This is my <laughs> this is my whole favorite part of this story. Everything Miranda does makes Lord Cooper more powerful, and I hope this trend continues. I want this continue to continue in every Lord Cooper story. Miranda shows up and says, "Oh, surely he couldn't do this thing." And then he does the thing, and it only makes him more powerful. Oh, surely he couldn't kill he couldn't survive this Slate Ridge Mauler with no gun. And then he survives, throws money at the problem, and then becomes Iron Man with a cannon. Oh, surely I can get away if I throw this dinosaur at him. And then he kills the dinosaur and has a dinosaur at his beck and call. Like, this only has potential to just explode exponentially. And I want Marcus to look at Miranda like, stop, please, no ideas when it comes to Lord Cooper, because you're only going to make him worse. (laughs) (laughs) The Malasaurus then proceeds to give Justin entire sentences of issue. (laughs) (laughs) So what happened specifically, Joe? In in a similar, because narrative theming, uh, the dinosaur begins running, and with the help of his small army, it gets distracted, and then Justin proceeds to shoot the Malasaurus in the chest, and then it fucking dies. The most difficult part of the entire fight is one person dies. (laughs) (laughs) One person dies, and then Cooper's like, oh, wait, obviously there's a flashing weak point somewhere. Ah, the ankle. (laughs) Shoots it in the ankle, immediately falls over. We go to a cutscene with a quick time event that lasts like 30 seconds. Hit X to shoot it in the head. It dies. The end. Then he gets the goddamn eggs, and now he has his own Malasaurus Rex. I mean, do you expect that a man like Cooper is going to adopt a fucking dinosaur? <laughs> I would assume a well, man like Cooper would just wipe them out. All in all, it's really a story about the human spirit and how it is unbreakable if you have tens of millions of dollars. <laughs> I look forward to Cooper in fluff going forward because I just expect him to be this guy randomly showing up in other people's stories, deciding he wants to hunt them. <laughs> like have him show up in downtown or the slums and be like, Hey, there's that guy in the dark alley that keeps killing hookers. I want to hunt him. <laughs> Try to hunt Seamus. Yep. The, truly the most dangerous game. Plot twist. Seamus kills him. <laughs> Puts him in a dress. Big gun versus big gun. 
this entire narrative that we've created, or is like strict canon given the story, just makes me assume that Malifaux is going to do Jurassic Park and everything's going to be fine because Lord Cooper is heading it. <laughs> There's no way it turns bad for him. Yeah, only good things happen to Lord Cooper because he has enough money to make it so. He's rich and white, only good things happen to him in the, ni- in the early 1900s. I really want him to show up at Titania's court, yes! ready to hunt her, and she just kind of looks at the the magic shackle on his dinosaur and like snaps it with a wink. And <laughs> but on the other hand, then Miranda shows up and goes, "Yeah, surely, surely he can't handle Titania and the Malosaurus Rex." And then what's going to happen? Lord Cooper, Lord of the Fae, done. No, Nate, that's when he breaks out the Fae Buster armor. (laughs) (laughs) He's like literally a fucking 40k Terminator. No, you're you're missing you're missing the point. Gazzy is the inevitable Bayou Master that will be cosplaying Cooper. (laughs) Oh Oh, shit. I love I love this story about Lord Cooper for the exact opposite reasons I love the next story about Maxine. Because Cooper is just an absolute dumpster fire, and he's great. Can we move on to a different story now? <laughs> yes. A more wholesome story. Maxine! What's the title of this story? Uncharted Waters. Uncharted Waters. It starts off with Maxine in her office, her incredibly disorganized office, as she's trying to figure out an incredibly complicated math problem having to do with portals. The portals? The portals. Because yeah. the Burning Man, this is, it starts off Earthside, by the way. Math, many, many books strewn about her office. Yes. Orville's there making paper airplanes. Being adorable. Being adorable. Just an awesome couple. It's so good. Mm-hmm. They're the most wholesome fucking couple in this entire game. It's so good. I, it is. I love them both because they're, they're an older couple and they're just so goddamn wholesome. Yeah, they, they are also on the entire other end of the spectrum of, of rich white people. Yeah, yeah. They are so great together. Thank you, uh, Weird. Thank you, Weird, for giving us, like, wholesome, decent family relationships in this faction. Right, like a married couple who likes each other. And the basses. So, Maxine is is trying to figure out some math. She's got these books, see? These books, you see? Oh, yeah, where's, uh, where's Maxine from? Michigan. Michigan. She's from Michigan. She says a youper until I'm corrected. (laughs) But anyway, so Maxine is trying to solve her math thing. And Orville's just over in the corner, happily making paper airplanes until she asks him to look at it. Because apparently they're both academics, which like, cute. They met in college. college. He almost died in front of her. (laughs) Very cute. Extremely cute. Research is their love language. <laughs> and he looks at it and he says something about a tick and then he's like, "Oh, I'm going to go ask like what's his butt about dinner because of course they're fucking rich and have <laughs> servants because this is the explorer society. Like you can't be poor in the explorer <laughs> society." Uh, I mean, all right. I mean, fair enough. They're they're academics. They're definitely rich. Back in the early 1900s, academia and rich people. You had to be rich to be an academic. Like, that's but, I mean, also okay, they're fair. on a boat, and so that means someone is running, you know, the kitchen. Also, she has a <laughs> copper mine. They're not on the boat at the beginning of the. They're not. Oh yeah, story. they're not. Never mind. I'm stupid. Oh, okay. Yep. Keep going. 
And, and he says he says something about a tick, and then he jaunts off to go look at dinner. And, and I can see that man staring at a turkey in the oven for hours. Smashing. <laughs> <laughs> he just sits in front of it. <laughs> we'll get to him being Nigel Thornberry later. <laughs> I mean, he is, but we've already discussed the fact that he literally met because he crashed in front of her trying out a fucking man paper airplane. Like, this is Nigel Thornberry. I definitely heard Tim Curry in my head. What a woman. Dearest, where are my glasses? They're on your head. What a woman. That is is 100% Orville fucking August the Energy. <laughs> but anyway, the tick comment jogs something for her, and she figures out her weird portal math by reading a book. By reading a book, what could that book be? An evil book. An evil book. A book she probably shouldn't have touched ever in the first place. <sighs> knowledge is power, especially when it's knowledge man was not meant to know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But she is no man. Ah, Get out of here with your Lord of the Rings jokes. Never. Uh. (laughs) La Flamme. La Flamme. The the book from... uh, Ephraim. Yes, Ephraim Wade. The heavily censored version, which is totally okay and is not going to come back and bite her in the ass or anything. It's going to make her not at all insane. That's like the radio edit of Fuck You by fucking CeeLo Green. (laughs) (laughs) Heavily edited. Yeah, we know what you fucking mean, dude. There are are two absolute 5D chess maneuvers in this fucking book. It's this one and fucking Janice thinking that the goddamn hive mind is going to be totally A-OK and not a problem. (laughs) Everyone in the hive mind loves the hive mind. I don't know what you're talking about. Right? It's perfectly fine. Trust the hive mind. Join us. Hive mind. Hive mind only wants what's best for you. Trust in Cadmus. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, apparently Ramos wrote a book at some point. Yeah, oh, yeah. we're fucking yeah, oaf. Yeah. <laughs> the extremely interesting titled book whose name I can't remember because it's just so compelling. Some nerd shit. Uh... <laughs> Mechanized magic: a yeah. journey from superstition to science, which I oh, guarantee he made a nerd. Oh right, and he totally like typed it up, not with his own fingers, but he totally built a like robot spider specifically to type it up while he talked it at him. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's Ramos. That's Ramos. <laughs> that's so Ramos. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. The Luminous Bridges. Yeah. Book. That's possibly some sort of reference to Ivan, specifically DeWalt and his anti-luminal bridge. Yeah. The luminal bridges are like specifically called out in relation to Earthside ley lines. So I'm guessing when you flip it and you do the Malifaux ley lines, maybe... Anti-luminal. Anti-luminal. Grim, dark, evil ley lines. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Heal ley lines. (laughs) So, like, she gets the the band back together. (laughs) (laughs) All the cool people on her boat. Admittedly, she's got a lot of cool people on her boat. She's got a lot of cool people on her boat. She's on her boat. This is just the badass boat. Mm-hmm. I think I figured out this whole portal thing. I know where the next one's going to show up. Probably, maybe. And someone's just like, hey, wait a second. How did you figure that out? And she's just like, kicks the book underneath the rug. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'll never tell. <laughs> Definitely didn't read the Crazy Man book. That makes you crazy. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. Who would do something like that? A crazy person. <laughs> 
I'm not crazy. You're crazy. Points gun at person. <laughs> I do. I do like that they play Maxine with this. Like she has a little bit of crazy in her, but it's not to the extent of like Charlie Day slapping <laughs> a board of portals. Yeah, it's just so oh, God. academic eccentricity. Yeah. I fucking I said that in an earlier episode. Like I want I want a Charlie Day pointing to a uh, whiteboard character for this this faction. <laughs> She's on the delightful end of insanity currently yeah i really like how they use that as a theme for madness and brilliance kind of go hand in hand together mm-hmm. and by that i of course mean mental brilliance not lynch's drug yeah i mean, I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i like how they didn't go full into the cthulhu of like we're plumbing the depths of the sea for unknown madness but they do have some of the hints of it in the characters in general. Not their happy family lives, because no one in Lovecraft has a happy family life. Well, I mean, people generally don't go off into the wild for cosmic horror if they have, you know, a nice, close-knit <laughs> familial it. unit. We were looking I mean, for apparently Maxine does. <laughs> we were looking for these darn Burning Man portals, but we found Cthulhu again. <laughs> again. Oh, beans. Gosh dang it. Maxine actually being a smart pe- person though would know that non-Euclidean geometry is just geometry on a cube so regular <laughs> geometry <laughs> stairs Lovecraft <laughs> can you tell I'm an English major yes <laughs> ouch my bones you sprecken see my lady Wait, isn't, any, isn't any major you take an English major <laughs> hey! <laughs> uh, I have a CS degree. I speak robot. Um, Beep Oh fuck, where were we? Okay, so they go. So they go. To, they go to where the hole's gonna be. Nice. The pre-hole. The pre-hole. <laughs> nice. And the and the guild shows up. And not quite a hole yet. Yeah, and she's like, "Hey, Doctor Baby, Beaver. Dr. Baby. Dr. Beaver. B.A. Bay. B.A.B. B.I. Bicky Bye Bye Hey, you got that robot bathosphere thing. Cool, right. Does it really need that many tentacles? Anyways, throw it in the water. Just like my Japanese animes. I was gonna say he moonlights producing. Pets. Oh god. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Um, Does anyone get like Atlantis, a lost empire vibes from this crew? Yeah. Oh, all yeah. over the place. Hundred yeah. percent. I mean, that's obviously very intentional. Like it, it, like it can't not be. Oh yeah, for sure. It fills my heart with joy. This great. Heck, I think the only guy they're missing is the uh, the demolitions expert. Mm, yeah. So so just when is Willie? Willy yeah. When, when is Willie getting EBS? Willie gets the EBS keyword. <laughs> <laughs> hey, then then Willie having a doctor, it will be canon. Yes. Yay! Oh, I want that story. I want that to actually be canon. <laughs> so close. Oh, do it, weird God. you cowards. He and he and Doctor Beeb totally roomed together in college. Matt Kyle. <laughs> Wait, who did you get on as an explosives expert? No. Oh God, I roomed, I roomed with him in college. You get Wait, the man off the right, ship. Right okay, now. either that or it's Pierre Ravage. <laughs> More or, gremlins, honestly, that'd be great. Or right? Papa Loco? Question mark? <laughs> eh, maybe. Papa Loco also read the book. 
<laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> made him sane. It's sort God, of like no. a, oh no! Multiplying <laughs> a negative by a negative, you know. <laughs> it made him sane. This is just my gay uh. ass, like canoning that Beeb and Willie definitely fucked. <laughs> I can, yep, I can 100 percent see that. Yep, that's go. That's going. Willie in is at least bi. Yeah. Yes, Willie is explosive sexual. <laughs> You literally <laughs> tore those words from my brain. Calyp- Calypso <laughs> explodes, so I'm just saying. <laughs> Willie's into it. And there's Willie's into it. So, okay, here's, here's a question for y'all. Does it seem like she has a lot of interactions with Harada? Yes, it does. Yes. Does it sort of yeah. seem like Harada should have been the, the henchman? Maybe, Harada? but maybe too strong for Arcanist, so yeah, no. Counterpoint, does Colette need three henchmen? <laughs> I mean, Ironsides has three. <laughs> does Harada as a model need to be a henchman? Yes, because he's like, so weird. fucking cool. Weird he's could have really designed cool. him. Weird but, could have designed him around the fact that he could use soul stones. The problem is yeah. that fucking Arcanist can just make him use soul stones. Oh, yeah, that, exactly. Like, you can just make him a henchman Arcanist, so it's fine. Archimist. Okay, maybe it's he's not a henchman because <laughs> there's some sort of like crazy combination if you bring him as the leader with performer and EVS. <laughs> maybe. Anyways, that, that was and my other thing is like the thing that bugs me is the fact that there, there are apparently two captains on this damn boat. <laughs> Maxine has on her card Captain of the Superior. Yeah, okay, that would make sense. She's the captain, she's the master that goes hand in hand. But we specifically see in the fluff for Kia, that she's the captain of the boat. Maxine specifically appointed her as captain of the boat. Who the hell is the captain? And me personally, I believe that Kia is specifically, is actually the captain because I don't care, just going to disregard Maxine's card here, but when the captain of the boat isn't necessarily the financier or the, the, the freaking um, scientist aboard it, like Darwin was not the captain of the Beagle. Mm-hmm. The person that knows how to sail is the captain, because when shit goes down and you're going to be, I don't know, attacked by a giant dread lobster thing, <laughs> um, the person that For knows how sense. to save the entire crew is the person calling the shots, which is the captain. Yeah. So there's Maybe that rant. captains. Po- possibly again. Possibly that rant again. So what happens at the site of the, the pre-portal? Somebody <laughs> flushes. Uh, well, hold they hang, on. So important they hang out for like a week. It, it, first of all, like we talk about the guild and the Abyssinia as potential funders, or the King's Empire, and they move on. And she's like, "Yeah, the guild, the guild was the safest choice because they have the biggest guns. They're the easiest ones to kill off to show it a dangerous situation." Okay, <laughs> also, also that the guild is expendable and they have big ass guns for no re- particular reason. <laughs> yeah, they're expendable it's, for no reason. Yeah, Don't worry about the, it. They're the guild red shirts. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the hammer and the hoplite are the two uh, uh, guild vessels. I, I mean, it was it was addressed in the fluff that hey, yeah, the guild was the first to offer, and they're kind of on a short timeline. They need to get out there right now, so she didn't really have time to like shop around. Yeah, <laughs> kind of and- like when you're in a store and your baby's had a blowout in their diaper, you don't really like. You're not going to go to several different stores to find the cheapest diapers. You're just grabbing what's there. <laughs> they uh they dick around for a couple days because fucking They're Burning Man is late. Burning Man late. God, like, the you, Burning you, Man needs to learn to be punctual. You would think a chaotic <laughs> deity burning in the sky would be punctual, but apparently, <laughs> fucking not. Just polite. <laughs> 
Burning Man, no manners. What a (laughs) douchebag. I mean, given who he was. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. He was probably fucking, he was probably filling out fucking paperwork on opening (laughs) that portal. Fuck it, Herbert. This this gives us more time to learn that Harada is the coolest, he's fishing, and he's also a water empath. He's the coolest person on this boat. Yeah, he's fucking dope. The cool thing is, like, he's fishing, even though we fully know he could just, like, yeet them out of the water with his magic. <laughs> I mean, not Earthside. I think he explained. I mean, it wasn't as powerful, but, like, just being able to isolate a fish and then... Yeet it out. Yank. Yeet. yeet, yeet. <laughs> I get, we're, just, we're just going with yeet here. Uh, big yoink in that case. Yoink. The verb yes, is yoink. yeet. <laughs> yoink is the opposite of yeet. They're in different <laughs> directions. Yoink is towards, yeet is away. Okay. Your your English lesson for Fair. today. <laughs> so so he's she's like, hey, cool. Suddenly stuff happens. Portal opens. Lo and behold, they were in the wrong place. What was like the danger here? I guess did they not know that portal was going to like Hoover them up? They did not. No. Okay. I know. Yeah, I think they they were based on well, based on on London. Like the portals opened above, like land level and sea level and poured stuff out yeah they barfed I, yeah we we hadn't <laughs> seen anybody flush before and them go down they, yeah they weren't expecting <laughs> it to be portals do one oh, of two no. things they barf or they binge we've got yeet and yoink oh. again <laughs> this was a yoink portal they're so used to yeet portals that just throw fish and fucking crab monsters on earth we haven't seen a yoink portal pull fucking guild and EVS ship into Malfo. And crush a lady with red shoes. They were in fact on the <laughs> yeet side, on, or the yoink side of this portal instead of the yeet side. Oh, something I had down here that I just want to point out before we continue on. Seafaring in this version of Earth is a lot more badass. Yes. Because <laughs> the, the Superior, which is a science vessel, has some, some like really badass electric lances. Mm-hmm. Yes. on board just you know fight off sea monsters i mean they are in the middle of a fish war <laughs> and those are <laughs> abyssinian they point out yeah yes yeah. Like they, they're literally dealing with actual fish monsters so yeah the the lances are abyssinian because kia is abyssinian mm-hmm. yeah, she yeah. yoinked the she technology yoinked the so portal opens immediately like shreks one of the the killed (laughs) ships and uh proceeds to just you know engulf swallow the other two the hammer the hammer and the superior and the spirit one of them one of them (laughs) doesn't matter it doesn't matter (laughs) one of these ships survives for like another 10 minutes (laughs) enough time for the superior to get some distance Yeah. yeah As as we learned that the guild are apparently every American general in any like alien invasion movie. Right, yeah, like we've got the scientists who are out here like, no, wait, hold on, there's probably a better way to do this. And then we have the guild fire the cannons! Shoot, shoot the monster! It will definitely work. Every time. Meanwhile, Maxine is, I guess, science patent going, Burning Man, you son of a bitch, I read your book! <laughs> So they're all American. I mean, we know Maxine's American, so it's fine. Yeah. So the portal barfs them out into a different ocean, and they do the really cool thing. So, like, I've thought probably way too much about how a Malifaux-based TV show would go, 
And I 100% want it to be the we're not in Kansas anymore moment of the person like looking up into the night sky and seeing two moons. Yes. Yeah. That's so yeah. fucking iconic. Yeah. Yeah, but that's exactly what happens. It's like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. He did it. So it's like, oh. Oh. We're that- in the weird one. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's <laughs> why Von Stuck is so fun to me because it's just like, ah, oh, the stars are so different here. I'm crazy now. <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of crazy now, while everybody else is just like, oh, yes, that took a a breath and a heartbeat to get through the the giant portal portal, giant portal toilet flush. (laughs) Maxine took a little bit longer because she was basically seeing the chaos between worlds and making a pattern out of it, which she read the book. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Nothing could go wrong here down the road. Oh, this is not going to be a problem at all. No, Oh, you know, it was okay. It was heavily censored. There's there's no foreshadowing whatsoever. (laughs) She's just learning that she needs to remember to carry the one on all chaos theory. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so they pop out in Malifaux, and immediately something vicious attacks the, the guild ship. I mean, they deserve it. Oh, no. Dread lobster eel thing. Dread lobster. Oh, the dread the lobster. Dread lobster. I mean, the problem is they definitely don't have enough butter on board. <laughs> Boo. But, okay, while the uh, the guild is slowly being murdered, <laughs> Maxine and the crew are be like, okay, let's turn the fucking ship on. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. oh God. Oh, fuck. We're going to die. <laughs> no. Hey, you know that horrific, hor- horrific torrential whirlpool that nothing could barely survive in it? Yeah, the, the tentacle robot survived. <laughs> and we're still connected to it. Yay. Hooray. Pull it on board. Give it the old willy workover. <laughs> This well, is no, that doesn't it. happen until they get the power on the ship back on and immediately alarms start blaring. Yeah, yeah, and they draw the attention of the, the Dread Lobster. They should have just introduced Willie at this point, been like, yep, we're gonna blow it to fucking hell. Let's blow it up. <laughs> Nuke it. This is where, like, the two-captain problem is, like, delineated for me. Uh, Maxine is just like, fix the problem, Kia. And Kia's like, have an idea. What if explode? What if explosions? You know, just- <laughs> That's a naval solution. Maybe they don't need Willie. Maybe they have Kia for a reason. The real captain is Dr. Babe. (laughs) B.A. Bay is like, oh, my baby, she's fine. Oh, no, we're going to blow her up. (laughs) Who could have seen this? And it's Harada that pulls up the bathysphere because his magic is stronger over here. Oh, yeah. He's so thick with magic. Mighty heat. No, he yoinked it. He's a mighty Mighty yoink. Oh man, I love that boy. I hope we get to see him in lots of fluff. So, so at, like we we're dancing around it. For those of you that haven't read the story, I'll go read the story. Um, you cowards! You cowards! You cowards! Uh, the 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 dread lobster is after them, and they need to like either scare it off or give a big enough diversion for them to get away. Orville does a good job because he he's does. a good boy. He's a yeah. good boy. What he a just good boy! Flies around and throws bombs at it. Seismic charges. <laughs> Gotta Fair. love this man. <laughs> are they seismic charges or are they bags of popcorn? Both. Orville <laughs> Redenbacher Agassi. Orville Redenbacher Agassi. That was his maiden name. Or <laughs> took his wife's name. We we established that he absolutely took his wife's what name, a, right? What a guy. Yeah. No, Agassi is that the name of the mine, and that's her name, and that's the family name. So Orville took his wife's name. So his original last name was Redenbacher. I refuse to believe otherwise. What about Wright? No, he's not the plain man. He's the popcorn man. Or- or- Orville Wrightenbacher. 
There we go. I like the it. popcorn plane man. <laughs> I will craft airplanes out of corn kernels. <laughs> we set it on fire and it gets into air. <laughs> he moved he moved to America for his wife. Like what else are you gonna do with your time well, in the early nineteen hundreds? Ironically the corn kernel plane flew fine, but he got too close to the sun and that's when he developed popcorn. So <laughs> hubris. Wouldn't that make it go even higher? <laughs> in his hubris he developed popcorn. That is the Icarus story we all wanted. So fuck you, Fabulous. Orville's walking around in his wingy backpack. In his wingy backpack, causing a distraction, they filled the Calypso to the brim with explody harpoons. I love this for my boyfriend. Electric harpoons, my bad. And I I really love the the interaction between Beeb and Maxine where he's like, my baby! And she's like, I will make you a billion babies. (laughs) After this. Out of context, I thought A million million BB babies. (laughs) Baby babies. <laughs> Dr. Baby babies. <laughs> we are geniuses at <laughs> We're so good at this. Very professional. <laughs> the most professional. Oh my okay. god. Okay, so yeah, the, the exploding calypso thing works. Lo and behold, she doesn't die. <laughs> and they kill the drip obster. You're, yeah. you're skipping the part where Harada uses his water magic to... Yeet it Push back it into the water. To yeet it back, yeah. Yeah, he yoinked and then he yeeteth. <laughs> he yoinketh. Harada yoinketh and he yeeteth away. He yoinketh, he yeeteth away. Harada is the lord. <laughs> what can he say except you're welcome? <laughs> ah! no, I was going to go through this entire thing without making that reference, but you ruined it. Okay, so then they just dig around for a couple weeks slowly starving dehydrating to death and then a fucking blimp shows up because lo and behold harada's dad mr nyatoro oh is all like hey uh i can apparently just sense my son's blood so that's how i found <laughs> <Blood's kind of laughs> <like> <laughs> this is bloodbender yeah like oh, if, no. my, if my parents could do some sort of blood ritual to find me i would be i would be so mad <laughs> right that would suck no dad you know? i was trying to get away from you how did you know i was in this world <laughs> <laughs> fuck you uh, dad he's just, just at the fucking, he's just at the explorer society reading a newspaper and, dun, 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 and then then suddenly perk up you're like i smell disappointment <laughs> right it's, like, it's, 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 it's literally happening at the same time as that first story. Like, he's hanging out, Janice is there, and he just looks up, hold on, where's Finnegan? I need a blimp. <laughs> it's your finest dirigible. <laughs> oh, no. So, Daddy I, comes, saves, comes and saves him. Oh, let's not put it that way. <laughs> Daddy arrives. Uh, Daddy brings everyone Daddy on <laughs> but I seriously like now that, that now that those beans were spilled, I like appreciate the interaction between Maxine. Just like, do you know this guy? And yeah. he's like, it's just like I don't want to talk about it, as opposed to like, I'm dead. Well, she, dead. She specifically asks him if this is his dad. Like I, thought, I assumed they were brothers because like the, the because it was the sisters who killed the hormit or yeah. stopped the hormitology. Mm. Yeah, but this is this is a whole different angle. My dad. My dad. My dad came to save us. You. I think he said something like, "He is blood, nothing more," which is like, yeah. "Oh boy, ah, you've, yeah, exactly. you've abandoned your boomer dad." 
But like, no, in the story, Maxine specifically asks him if this is his dad. Oh, I totally missed that. No, my dad. So they get saved by Mr. Nagator. Now they got me to it, Mr. Nyatoro. Nyatoro. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, no. Well, now I'm never going to forget, so. So, like, that's, yeah, it's implied that, like, hey, we're saving you, but yeah, now you owe us. Yep. So now you're going to do what we want you to do, which is, like, sail around and do stuff probably did anyone else get the muppet treasure island part where they all have cabin fever that bit whenever they're all starving on the superior yes because i did yes no no but i can now imagine orville swanning around the superior saying this is my only number (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's because that was one of my favorite childhood movies but i absolutely was like thinking about the cabin fever bit sailing for adventure on a big blue wet thing (laughs) they get saved by the explorers and it's not like a hooray we've been saved like oh great now we owe these dicks (laughs) kind of a thing but i fully believe i fully believe that the explorers society took that formula that maxine had it's like okay we're gonna get this to earth side so the people of earth can you know predict where these portals happen and then they'll like be able to better respond to it and then they go over to earth and be like hey who wants to buy this for an absurd amount of money (laughs) sounds right seems like a thing rich people would do (laughs) <laughs> so like here's the thing like i i super appreciate the idea that beeb and willie were roommates in college because every time calypso gets destroyed it explodes yeah <laughs> every time he rebuilds it yeah, dr it babe is fucking adding some extra explosives to this bad boy just just for fun <laughs> so what do you mean i don't need to put dynamite in here <laughs> look <laughs> willie told me this would actually make it go faster <laughs> no, you don't understand. Everything needs dynamite in it. Just in case. You need to blow it up. It needs to go. Dynamite makes things go. Gunpowder is the secret ingredient. <laughs> Anytime Alexo is about to like go like, malfunction and go down, Beep just caresses a picture of <laughs> Willie. <laughs> For you, my love. <laughs> <laughs> He's got just like a, a small locket picture of him that he puts on the dash whenever they're voyaging. (laughs) Or, you know, it it explodes, ejecting Lord Cooper fights. (laughs) Oh, no, no. All right, all right. That's the first game of Explorers I'm playing. I'm putting Lord Cooper in Calypso. (laughs) Just to see how good that is. Probably not, but I don't know. It gives Lord Cooper like an armor two shell to hide in. Yeah, but he can't shoot out of it. Can he not? No. No, only, only Beeb is the one, one that can perform his own actions one side of it. Uh, right. Never mind. So, like, if, if Cooper plus Calypso, does that pretty much mean it's Hank with a gun? Yeah. Okay. Yet the story, our last story, the fourth story of the book, involves our newest bony lady, now probably the oldest person in Malifaux. Bone Mama. Yeah, Bone Mama. Used to, used to be Z, but now it's, now it's probably Bone Mama here. <laughs> nice work, Bone Mommy. nope i really really like this story too almost as much as the maxine one but like evs was going to be my jam from the beginning so Mm -hmm. it holds a special place in my heart so we start off with yetza and mikhail just tromping through the bayou and they're on admission and they manage to find they manage to find zoraida's hut surprisingly easily implying that she's been here multiple times before Mm -hmm. and we get that confirmation and they're just dragging along with them a body of some kind a person a living person Person. Soon to be just a body. Soon to be not a person. Soon to be probably pieces, actually, now that I think about it. They might even be named Mr. Body. Ah, 
Is that a clue reference? Yes. Okay. I do really like that Yedza and Mikhail's like entire dynamic is an old bitter married couple. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. It's great. It's like, the, it's like the opposite of Orville and Maxine. Yeah. Like, they're just absolutely bitter with each other, but Mikhail will never abandon her. Yeah, but they're not. But that's not like actual hate. It's just like this is how we have fun. We're catty at each other. Yeah, not yeah, like they're, an, not they're, like, they're bantery. Yeah, not, not like, like boomers. Not like an actual old bitter married couple. I hate my I wife. Hate. Yeah, the only reason they're together is because divorce wasn't a thing back then. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna just throw out there that like Mikhail has a special place in my heart simply because of Chef in my fridge. Are you gonna, are you gonna make me paint this one with salmon yes. pants too? Okay. No. No, I won't make you do salmon pants on this. Salmon week. pants. Salmon, salmon pants. <laughs> so the show up in Zoraida and Zoraida and Yedza have this lovely, also catty. Yeah. They're back like and sis- forth. They're like sisters. It's great. Very sisterly. Yeah, they, they're, they're, they are canon sisters until proven otherwise. Which, you know, fits well with the, the concept of Baba Yaga and Yedza anyways. So, yes. great. Cool. Perfect. I didn't like initially. I didn't get the frog thing beforehand. But was that, but later on, I was like, oh yeah, that's the rightest thing. Yedza's. She makes dead things not dead. Yedza's. Yedza. Sorry. You said Zoraida. Yeah. No, Zoraida makes dead things dead, but makes living things dead for the murder. Part. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Yedza. I love Yedza's passive aura that she's just so used to, and other people either like freak out about, or in Zoraida's case, she's been around her long enough to be like. <sighs> trying to kill here you old bitty my frog (laughs) was doing just fine being dead and now i've got to go fish out its lungs off the floor gosh dang it yedza you can't be in here yeah we do do confirm that yedza has the most powerful stand gold experience and that makes me god damn it (laughs) (laughs) fucking jojo's (laughs) wait oh god if they do an old Yedza that is fucking Yedza Requiem, I'm going to fucking quit. Just aggressively hot tweak Yedza. Yedza. Quit, Alpha. Yedza, re- this is Requiem. Oh, no. It just says you cannot beat Yedza. <laughs> so Yedza's like, I need a thing. And Zoretta's like, do you have the stuff for the thing? She's like, I have the stuff. Mikhail, get the bag. Mikhail gets the bag. <laughs> Possibly, like, the best exchange in here is the writer's like, go out, stand next to that tree. I can't do this with you here. I need you exactly this many yards away, because that's how this plays in game. I need him the dead, not the comically not dead. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, she's also a little upset that they brought somebody else and she can't just, like, gut Mikhail. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is definitely that. It'd be hilarious. She's torturing this guy. She, like, just rips out his heart. And he's like, ah, that my heart? No. She's like, Yeah, a couple feet back, please, hon. No, another another inch, please. Move back. Keep going. I'll Take tell you one when more move action. One more walk, please. Jesus, woman. I swear which, to God. Which also, like, I, I entertain the idea of, like, her just making very, very confusing events for other people that don't realize what she does. Like, she passes through this random, like, front frontier town that has just, like, hung its latest criminal. <laughs> It was like, yes, he is finally dead. Now to bury the body. He's like, oh, oh my God. Oh, my neck is broken. Why am I? <laughs> For like five whole seconds because you just passed by like 50 feet away. Ooh, that'd be, that'd be a really cool idea of the, <laughs> like the, the story of, of people oh. being buried alive or like, exactly, exactly. 
they yes. wake up because she's passing by. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. They used to have like bells oh, that were you. like tied to the deceased's fingers just in case there was an accident. So that's very fun in these times. Yep. Oh, that's fucking awful. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. There were there were like a bunch of different designs of safety coffins where they did like bells or windows or like speaking tubes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Poe was like absolutely terrified of being buried yeah. alive. That was one of his big fears, and he was just gonna get fucking put in a coffin and in the ground. He's like, "No, thank you, no thanks." Nope. I'm gl- I'm just glad I don't have Yetz's powers because I would fucking do that. <laughs> just take a step forward. Convict's still alive with a rope around his neck. Take a step back. He's dead. Forward. Just jump around. The people panic. It's hilarious. Awful. You're a bad man. I'm a bad man, but Yedza, Yedza also, like, this is the one thing, the one example where, like, hey, for the rest of the story, she seems like mm-hmm. adorable grandma, but she is totally willing to kill people. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. If, you know, she can't it, do it. If it furthers her goals, she is more than willing. Yes. I feel like anyone who's lived this long as a Malifaux character is absolutely willing to kill someone oh, just sure. for giggles. Yeah. For giggles. Like, you you don't live this long and are good. Yeah, no way, fair. not are a chance. Are, are, aren't like innocent. <laughs> yeah, just, I just ask Levy. Like, <laughs> Levy doesn't have to be as bad as he is. He just has chosen at this point. Like, yeah, he's just he like, was just bored. He's just like, eh, fuck it. I'll be evil. <laughs> why not? <laughs> Levy wakes up every day and chooses evil. <laughs> Okay, so sacrifice happens. She gets the thing. Importantly, though, Zoraida does say, oh yeah, I'll do this if you ask me one specific question of the thing you are doing. And then... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Important it's detail. The guy and the question. Yeah, so we get to the basses, and they're just huddled around a campfire, very cowboy fashion, and they don't overtly <laughs> say it. We, we all know they're just Eating hoovering beans. up as many beans as possible. <laughs> It is the yes. scene. And from farting. This is, yep, this is Blazing Saddles. There. Uh, Reichardt, Cornelius, and Bernadette are all eating beans and farting around a campfire. We all know it. You didn't have to say it, but we know it, so it's fine. I just like to quote, I just like to acknowledge that Blazing Saddles exists. That is like yeah. the one time that I'm okay with fart humor. It makes me, it makes me wish Lenny had the frontier keyword. <laughs> Because <laughs> he would be a great Mongo. He would. Mongo yeah. is just pawn in game. Game of life. <laughs> so it was mostly just like an interim thing. They're like, hey, Rikert, handle our business. We're going to go do this thing for the explorers, I guess. And we jump cut to them showing up and be like, oh, those are the people we're supposed to meet. Oh, she's that, that's, that's that's a skeleton. That's a walking skeleton. <laughs> she's awfully weird. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Well, like, I think the first thing they noticed was Sophie. Yeah, it was Sophie. The- oh, yeah, also, yeah, skeleton <laughs> skeleton cow. Fair enough. That's it's an auroch. Weird. As a big skeleton cow. Whatever. It's fine. Don't care. And then, <laughs> then they kind of realize that Yedz is also a bony person. <laughs> okay, actually, she's not bone mommy. She's bone, bone granny. Bone grandma? Bone granny. Okay. And they're pretty, they're like obviously wary, but they're pretty chill with it because we know the Basses are pretty good people. <laughs> Malifar, yeah. One of the few good people. <laughs> so far. But um, I do like the whole like not everyone's a reserve just because they're a zombie or <laughs> oh, undead. That was so good. That was such a good joke. Yeah. How do you know she's a reserve? <laughs> she's a fucking the skeleton cow. <laughs> 
It's okay. dry, but it doesn't have a tongue. Okay, yes, daughter, but also, don't be so judgy. Don't be a judgy Chodgerton. Yes, daughter, but maybe she's a nice rezzer. Don't be a judgy Janice. Maybe she's nice. Yeah, especially when it says don't judge in the letter from the explorer. Excuse me, I got hiccups, oh no. Oh no. Oh, so, the imagery they give of Sophie is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Because, like, normally you'd just be like, oh, this is just a pack animal, but it's a skeleton. And they went further, props to the writer, or maybe weird. It's like, hey, you know what? If the animal's <laughs> a skeleton, that basically makes it a coat rack. <laughs> we yeah. can hang all kinds of shit from it, because it's got ribs and stuff. All kinds of places to hang things. But uh, then they go on an adventure <laughs> the end. Nothing else happens. There's definitely not adorable bread-breaking uh, bread uh, uh, yeah, analogs and how adorable Mikhail is to eat food with people. He's just so happy to cook for more than one. <laughs> it's great. You know, yeah, the rest of the story, like the meat of this story is just literally the power of friendship. Yeah. And not judging people based on what they are. Oh, I guess we find out what we find out. Yedza is apparently <laughs> has like a tractor trailer with a shit in her backpack, and she is totally cool with just knocking that thing over and digging inside of it with the smallest bit of you know prompt. Well, she's got to find the hard candies. Yes, she has to find the hard. <laughs> she, candies. She's got to get the Werther's originals, or the, or the butter cookie tin that's just filled with sewing supplies, or or the little strawberry candies. Whatever she calls the candy she gives to people whenever they don't die around her, it's literally lifesavers. <laughs> Damn it. Wrong. But they're like they're super old, so they're like fused into it like a, a roll of pennies. <laughs> you just gotta like chomp on it and break off a couple. She also has the grandma move of being obsessed with games that no one has ever played <laughs> since the 1900s. <laughs> Here's this, very cribbage. Here's this very specific Chinese game called Paper Dragons. Sure. She's adorable and I love her. <laughs> Absolute sweetheart. Yeah, so just a bit of wholesomeness. They walk for a bit, then they ride a train for a bit, which is also just adorable and wholesome. Getting Watching the basses just enjoy luxury for just a small portion of their lives. Yeah. And and speaking of luxury, this is the other point in the Explorers book where we don't see Anya, but we see her influence. Her influence, yeah. Like this is literally a custom train designed to transport an Auroch skeleton <laughs> and friends with service and with a specific line running like halfway across the map. Yep. And then. And then. Go ahead. Oh, oh God, you're going to make me actually continue that statement. I figured it out. <laughs> That's what happens when you say, and then. And then, because they didn't have enough train line to finish that thought, they send a fucking dirigible. <laughs> <laughs> I do, yeah, I do really love, like, it feels bad because, like, the bosses are like, they, they they don't get the luxury of the other Explorers Masters. Like, even Lucas gets to <laughs> hang out at the mansion every once in a while. Like, Cornelius and Bernadette have to, like, live in Dust Town and then get summoned for various jobs. Dealing with sandworms every day. Skeleton yeah. old lady and deal with sandworms every day. Yeah, like... But yeah, so they get to ride a train and then they get to ride a dirigible up to the mountains where they're, they're going. Cornelius is adorably afraid of heights. Yeah. Understandable. I love Bernadette's reaction, like, oh, this is going to be so much fun, and then the thing happens. Oh, God, this is not 
good and fun, but I'm putting on a brave say- face because I'm a spunky. I'm a brave girl. I'm a brave, brave team. Uh, they land the Dragigible. Dragigible. They just walk to a ominous cave. An ominous, <laughs> ominous fucking cave. Ominous cave. A cave of wonders, if you will. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. 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 gives them a bit of the brief, and like the thing with with Sophie was so kind of sad. Right. Like <laughs> right, when she just fucking dies. You yeah. can't go with us, hun. So you're just gonna have to die for a little bit. They put down a blanket for her. It's fine. Yeah, it's my favorite marriage of sad, but also extremely practical. Yeah. It's got a sack for her to bonify into. Yep. <laughs> you know what it makes me think of, of all weird things? In Norse mythology, there's a story where Thor is, has to bed down for the night, and one of the goats pulling his chariot has a broken leg. So they eat the goat, leave the bones, and wrap it up, and in the morning it's a goat again. Huh. Oh, damn. Infinite goat food. Infinite right. goat. Yeah. You know what? That that seems that seems fitting. So I um, also want like a story of Yetza and Mikhail when they do this with Sophie and they come back and like a bone is missing. <laughs> oh, they've no. got to like hunt down the uh, wild animal that, that took it or something. Yes. Who stole Sophie's femur? <laughs> she needs it. Come Bastard. on, guys. She can't walk like this. So they go inside. The, they go inside the cave. They get a bit of a debriefing that like weird shit's gonna happen. Don't touch. Chill. Shit. Touch nothing but the lamp. <laughs> yep. Um. They go in. They find a, a body that starts waking up because of Yedsa. Um. Then they get into the cave of goodies. Goodies. <laughs> Pretty much the cave of goodies. Cave full of stuff. Cave of Easter eggs. Yes, indeed. Cave of, cave Easter, of eggs. Easter eggs. Good, good God. That's it. Yep. Yeah. They they come across a very particular arm before <laughs> we get into the super plot, <laughs> and like they they give it away so well, and I absolutely love this. This is the like the lines in this are so great. She just turns to Mikhail and she's like, "Does she want it? Do you think she wants it back?" And he's like, "She would rather have a bottle of whiskey." So we know this it's is Taylor's. this is Taylor's mm-hmm. arm, which means this is the cave where Taylor lost her arm, which is fucking huge as far as plot goes. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, big time. And they know is this the weird thing? And so they find like a skeleton, skeleton bones. Yeah, and she's like, she's got the thing that Zoraida made for her thread, and she's like, who's gonna be the volunteer? And Bernadette's like, I'm not afraid of nothing. So she takes she takes the thread. And she puts the thread over the skeleton bones. Spunky te- spunky the spunky teen puts the thread over the skeleton <laughs> bones. And Zoraida just walks up to the thing. And of course, it like comes back to life. Yes, though. Yes, Sorry. That's right. They're so simple. No, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> Two sides of the same coin, you might say. Sure. Why not? <laughs> and basically, she, she, she brokers a deal with the thing for stuff. Information is what she's looking for. And initially, it asks basically to take Bernadette, which obviously... F- well, that was for the second question for Zoraida, wasn't it? Yeah. You mean Yedza? No, the oh. question that Zoraida asked Yedza to ask the thing. Okay. Yeah, Yedza's looking for information about uh, how a particular machine works. Yes. Yes. And then, yeah, and then she has to ask Zoraida's question, and the thing's like, mm, you don't get a second one for free. Give me mm. your spunky teenager. <laughs> And, and then and then Daddy Boss is like, uh, fuck uh, that. No. Fuck no. Bernadette, stand back. I've got my fucking shotgun. I didn't know we were going to have to fight these undead motherfuckers. But I here am angry with Gunslinger. <laughs> I have a big old gun, and I'm not afraid to shoot literally everything in this cave. I will. I'm an American. <laughs> 
<laughs> There's a Marshall for you. Get yeah. it done. But, you know, because she's not the worst, Yedza instead <laughs> says no and sacrifices instead what I can only assume is wedding rings. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. That way. Like her most important trinket of whatsoever. And they're fucking wedding rings, which makes me all the sad. Yes. Yep. But. You know, in the exchange, what was the question she asked for Zoraida? I don't think it's said. Yeah, it's 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 one they of the things. That, them. She whispered yeah. the question, and the thing <laughs> whispered the answer. So oh, they're they're whisp- within whispering range. Okay. Yeah. When when we get to my uh, disappointments about the book, like, <laughs> yeah, this is one of the key things of just like, look, I get you yes, need to keep sir. mysteries, but like, okay. There is a critical ma- mass of vagueness that does occur. Well, and here's the trick on that. We get the answer to that question. We just don't know what the question is. What was the answer? I don't yeah. remember. Now we will answer the curiosity's question for another. Telling the fate of one has become impossible for all but two, but our mistress sees outside their false truth. All loving mothers return to their babes, but not with the skin in which they bore their children. A choice will be made, hers and hers alone, that we cannot see. Ah, That's actually pretty relevant now that I think about it, because Zoraida <laughs> was having issues yep. you know, because of Titania doing the whole ritual thing. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, she yeah. Debate. <laughs> Reading oh, is important. Okay. Reading is important, and I'm too stupid. That's why Roman's here. <laughs> <laughs> so we we find out that this is was it an avatar would be a good way to explain it herald a herald yes herald a herald of nameless that that was like the running theory is that taylor in her story ran across either nameless or i guess the herald of nameless because apparently their thing is like taking really important things away from people in either bets or you know exchanges mm-hmm so we find out that this is connected to the same cave she got stuck in. The reason it was abandoned is because it was the cave-in that she tried to save people within. But mm-hmm. anyways, yeah, that's how she lost her arm. She lost her arm to this thing or nameless. Probably this thing, I would, I would venture to guess. Probably this thing. Probably mm-hmm. this thing. So I'm, I'm honestly kind of curious what killed it. <laughs> but it also means like everything in this cave is something Nameless took from someone else that was very important to them. Yes. Mm. Then we get this lovely little foreboding event as they're leaving where Bernadette accidentally touches a mirror. <gasps> and I have no idea what that means. Something Bernadette's bad. Bernadette's cursed. Something Can't be good. bad, probably. Well, I mean, it talks about a shadow thing. Maybe it's just like another Mordrake. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. Bernadette's going to become DUA. <laughs> awesome like, like from from the or text Umbra. there i i have this assumption that mordrake is not actually ivan shadow and ivan shadow is actually in the mirror but i don't know if that's anything it's just that because it's in the same book that, makes, like that. that makes sense that'd be interesting because it makes sense because that's like his, it's actually more like his reflection given the actual art yeah yeah. Ooh, spicy. And it continuing to be proper in, in polite society. The the hottest of takes. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I can't wait till Ivan teams up with a bunch of orphans to fight a pirate who eventually gets eaten by a gator. <laughs> <laughs> and learns to fly? Hell yeah. <laughs> oh no. Like, that would just be like we end up finding that Ivan is like the deepest reference to Peter Pan. <laughs> 
Well, you see, uh, the original Captain Hook was based off of Greg Ivan. (laughs) (laughs) The English story. Yeah, the benefit of being British is I can say anything with enough confidence and pull it back to a literary reference that I can just sound like I know everything. I believed it. (laughs) Good form, Peter. Good form. But okay, they, they exit the cave, they part ways, and then Bass goes to the Explorer Society, and they're like, hey, here's your card, you're a member, good job. Also, why does Ludwig show up everywhere? He's a mimic. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's a mimic. With, along with he's Fitz, what's his face? Yeah. Fitzroyce. Fitzroyce, yeah. It's Lud- Ludwig Fitzroyce is his yeah. full name. I would absolutely Call him. him. Ludwig shows up as a model at some point. <laughs> yeah, dual faction with just, Lucius, just and... like a just like a toady or something. Mm-hmm. Versatile slash elite. Yeah, pretty much just just the uh, the steward, but for the explorers. Yeah, <laughs> it's got message for you, sir, as you will. <laughs> <laughs> so, do we have anything about the story that we want to elaborate on, or? It, I mean, I, it's I, very I, good. It is very good. Oh. I, I think broadly worldwide for the the setting in general, the other important thing to mention is where the the different pieces are for this machine the explorers are apparently looking for. Ah. Which the Herald says the first is where still waters died and the crown was set in black. Hmm. The second is covered in dust where nothing good grows. The third twists and turns above the world, but invisible to a living eye. The fourth rests where it all began and where it will all begin again. And the fifth is with us, which turns out that's why they lead into the, the second bargain, essentially. Oh, okay. And they get kind of a two for one deal. Okay. I don't know what any of those mean. It looks like someone here thinks that the third one is the red something to do with the red cage. Yeah, that was that was me adding that in of the uh, the third one twists above the world, but invisible to a living eye. I'm like the only other thing we've seen up in in the sky happening is the red cage falling. So clearly, whoever made that had the ability to get something in apparently geosynchronous orbit, or just kind of have it float up there and not fall. Maybe the first one where the waters died, maybe that was the Forgotten City. Mm. It makes sense that that would be in the bayou somewhere, maybe. I would assume the fourth rest where it all began and where it all began has something to the do breach. with breach. Yeah. 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 And then yeah, somewhere, the, somewhere the, the, one, the one covered in dust would be in the Badlands somewhere. Or nothing yeah. good gross. Right. I know that sounds more like bayou to me, but... <laughs> covered, in, covered in dust, though, makes more sense than the Badlands. Yeah. It does, I guess. Okay. Where you got fucking sandworms and shit. <laughs> did we did we get to that note about Yedza being catty about Gretchen? Nope. <laughs> okay, well whoever wrote that, I definitely agree. She clearly hates yes. the woman and I love it. Pretty sure everyone... I mean when you're when you're that old, like you just like listen here, youngin. Calm <laughs> down. <laughs> Yep. I'll do what you say, but not because I want to, but because I have nothing better to do. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah this is yeah. a good good measure of character. Yeah, it's it's so interesting to see how she reacts like various people. Like, I'm assuming it's all like an age thing in general of like, or it's just people she's known because I think um I think Roman you pointed out that you translated some of the stuff of her speaking in Russian and her being thoroughly polite. Yes. <laughs> so something I didn't mention before in the Cooper story, I feel like needs mentioned, is that when he's, you know, a head, a torso, and a leg, he calls up a certain person, that being A1 Gretchen. <laughs> and he's like, hey, 
yo, you're the boss now. You're running <laughs> you're the show now, dog. And I'm I'm just picturing like a particular scene from a particular movie in my in my head when 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 that exchange happens. So let's just play it here. I was gonna say you gotta stop that before Disney gives you a C and D. Now we're doomed. Now it's worth it, really. (laughs) Control media. (laughs) You can't stop me. Uh, man, like a female version of the Shadow Man would be a would be a very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, let's go on to our last two sections here. Disappointments. Yeah, we're gonna bitch now, I guess. Okay. <laughs> what are some things I guess we're, we're disappointed about in the book? Because we, I, I love this book. I'm so excited the Explorers came out. I'm so excited for all the, the fluff and the models and the characters and all, all that other stuff. But I am made of salt, <laughs> and there are things I disagree with. <laughs> I'll, I'll go last because I'm the loudest in this. Uh, who wants to go first? Roman. I'll go. Oh, oh. Roman's been volunteer. Okay. I mean, for me, like I, I just want more Ivan. I want more Ivan in all things. Uh, but at the same time, I understand from a character perspective, one of the best reasons to not immediately give you all the Ivan. He is mystery. Like that's his whole thing. He's basically his own spy master. He's he's mystery, and he's been around before, so we, yeah. we have some Ivan backstory. So understanding the need for more or the want for more, but also you have to temper it against. We've had two and a half story or one and a half stories with Ivan already in the background. Yeah. And like the thing, at least for me, I want to know is how did you get the shadow guys? And they, <laughs> they've given us bits and pieces from the, the Waldo's weekly poems and things that you can, especially now knowing what they were about, you can go back and piece a few more things together, but it doesn't give you the full story and that it's perfect for how he's designed narratively which I appreciate. And also considering like, even if he were to sit down and like tell the story of what happened to somebody else, we as the readers would have to go, okay, maybe parts of that is real, Hmm. but what are you actually wanting out of this person for you to actually give up this information? And based on that, we can try and determine what we think the percentage of truth is in your words, (laughs) (laughs) which is going to be low. Because that's by master. That's how he do. But at the same time, I'm just like, give me more Ivan story. That's really, I'm, I'm excited for whatever next bit of fluff there is. Cause I just want him to do stuff. Also, I want him to interact with Mei Fang and uh, they can have a Maybe. conversation about what the hell's going on. <laughs> Yeah. What like, are we? I don't know if I said that in the, in the introduction story, but I'm I'm suspicious that like that relationship is what's being used against Ivan to blackmail him into being a part of the Explorer Society. Mm, that's fair. Uh-huh. I I like it that way rather than the uh, the opposite way that could have so easily been done of uh, using Ivan's existence to manipulate. A lady. Yeah. Way too much black going on. Yay. Let's manipulate the dude. Okay. Joe, you talked. What what are you what are you dis what are your disappointments? I did, I did talk. I touched on it briefly, uh, but a lot of my kind of view of the book is it uses the narrative device of holding up a mysterious thing and going, ooh, mystery, look at it. Without 
really giving us anything too concrete. Like having gone back over it, like the Cooper story is very much like everything about Cooper is so blatant. So there is, yeah. And perfect because uh, he's a fucking cartoon. Fucking hate Justin. Um, <laughs> Justin's a cartoon. Deal with it. <laughs> Elmer Fudd Justin Cooper does not care about your hate. But, but yeah, from, from a narrative point of view, I, I understand it because you're introducing these factors, but there is still a lot of like, ooh, we're keeping this behind a certain veil. The the only other thing that I would mention, it's it's a small gripe, but Hey, Egyptology was like really big around this time. Uh, and here we are, like, me and yes. Joe on the same wavelength. Yeah, I feel like there's so much you could have done, especially with like uh, translating the the rush of getting pharaohs to Malifaux, like ancient Neverborn bodies. That I feel like I feel like they're saving that for potential other side stuff for um, Chimera. I could see that Chimera is like thoroughly based in Egypt. Yeah. So okay. I feel like they're saving those models and that type of lore for the other side, mm. which hopefully pays off. <laughs> hopefully. That's my only, that's my only pin on that statement. Hopefully, because right now it's just like, Hey, look at McCabe's upgrades that we right. don't have specific law for, which I would actually be interested in. Like if they ever did like a dive into what the phantasmal mask is or what the lightsaber is. I mean, is the mask maybe a Jojo reference? The mask could be a Jojo reference. And I would love to. What's the third one? The mirror. Yeah. Mask, mirror and sword. That's close, but not quite. There's, there's uh, like three legendary Japanese relics that I believe are a sword, a mirror. And what's third one three of the sailor senshi from sailor moon wield them <laughs> yeah it's all That's the cool the ones the outer the cool senshi ones. the outer uh, ones. Well, i mean goth lady destroys the world is a thing <laughs> uranus has the saber okay neptune has a mirror okay saturn has a glaive but pluto has the like key with the orb hmm. yeah the the time prism that she is so bad at guarding everyone gets through. This is not a Sailor Moon podcast, but I have thoughts about Outer Century. <laughs> so that's my disappointment with the Explorers. Not enough magical girls. <laughs> I mean... Although Ivan is a magical girl for his shadow, change okay. my mind. Okay, the three sacred treasures uh, are the... A jewel! Van. Yeah, the jewel. So jewel, mirror, and sword. So close. That's what I, I got it at the same time, nice. Yeah! <laughs> Google. Maybe yeah, McCabe's a weeb, secret weeb. <laughs> or maybe the mask is like a jeweled mask, so it's also a JoJo reference, but it's also like the jewel. Yeah. Yeah, the the redstone of Asia. Yeah. Ah, uh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> See, it wasn't just me that I was gonna get the anime references, Joe. I'm assuming that's why I was allowed onto the podcast is to make <laughs> anime references. <laughs> uh, are you are you done? Can we move on or No no that's that's me done. Nate Nort. I have no disappointments because originally I was disappointed in the Cooper story, and then I realized it was one hundred percent a meme, and I loved it. So goddamn, I have <laughs> Yeah, it, it is one hundred percent a fucking cartoon, and once I put it in that frame of mind, it became perfect, and I'm I'm okay. I'm I love this book. I love all the char- Like I love all the art for the characters. I look forward to seeing more. And I understand the reason to like have mystery for further character development. So top notch, A plus, Matt and Kyle, good job. And whoever else your writers were. Let's hold on. Hold on. While I'm talking, 
I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna give proper credit to these writers because they should be at the store at the beginning of these stories. Mike Wallace for Uncharted Waters, good job. The one for Lord Cooper, the the Cry Havoc story. Uh, this is how do you? Oh God, Grant go oh, Graham Stevenson. Uh, wonderful. I love the Cooper story. I know no <laughs> one else is gonna say that, but I love it. So you know what? You've got me on your side for that story. <laughs> Matthew, these names get harder. Majorcon for nothing yeah, is Matthew forever. Matthew Majorcon for no- nothing Shut is forever. Up. Who Thank also you. did roundtable? Oh, okay, oh, and he did roundtable as well. Okay, well there we go. Those three writers, top notch work. Thank you guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be the wholesome good one. <laughs> right. Any salt? I'm gonna add in one thing uh, to what Nate just said about the the Cooper story. With them, with him being Elmer Fudd and it being a cartoon, I need a cross dressing Viking rabbit who sings huh. opera. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be Marcus? Really? Yeah, that's Miranda. That or no, that's the jackalope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slap a dress on the jackalope. Oh, the jackalope that is in opera fucking costume. The one the thing he can't hunt is the goddamn. Jack. <laughs> he can't kill it. He blasts it with the cannon. Demise eternal. I don't give a fuck. Sorry. The image of McMorning as the barber of Seville just flashed in my head, and it's oh, all I want. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's oh, great. Could we please? Weird, please. J- Marcus versus, or not Marcus? Cooper versus the Jackalope. Please <laughs> give us that tale. And like every time he gets a new upgrade, because that's how he lives. Because he discards the upgrades. Like, make it work mechanically. Like, suddenly it's a bunny in a fucking turtle shell. And he blasts it with the cannon. And it bounces out. And now it has wings. And it's the one thing that can beat Lord Cooper. Oh, God. What have I done? Also weird. Let me write a uh, Malifaux musical. I know exactly what story we're doing. I know the I Want song. I know the reprise. Hook me up. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I did theater. Let's do it. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. Salt. Victoria. I've already said that I did not enjoy the Cooper story. Like at a certain point, it got to be a slog of what the fuck is he killing now? Is he still <laughs> bored with killing the fucking thing? Also kind of vaguely disappointed with the lack of Egyptology, but like, I also understand that, Hey, this is Malifaux. Mm-hmm. There's no Egypt in Malifaux. <laughs> so it kind of <laughs> makes sense, but like, Hey, never born mummies. Maybe that'd be cool. Watch some, watch some people get horribly poisoned by attempting to eat a never born mummy, please. <laughs> uh, oh, they did it. That's a spicy meatball or some ancient never born beans. <laughs> some sort of, horrifying curse uh or just regular beans those can be pretty cursed too <laughs> like I, w- I wish there was a little bit more of the train lady but i'm assuming we're gonna get more stories at some point train lady whose name i cannot pronounce and i'm not even going to attempt anya lacarian oh. yeah that one also make her a werewolf please <gasps> yes oh, no. yes part woman part train all a werewolf local <laughs> <laughs> games the syndicate keyword Yes. <laughs> Not the only person oh, that no. throw up out of like Karen. <laughs> oh. I mean, it's pretty obvious, actually. Also, give us vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Gremlin vampires. I mean, Weird has already said they're not going to be vampires, but Gremlin Nosferatu. If, if- Jessica's a Yin, who is an Asian vampire. This has been mentioned. We're moving on. We're moving on to Gremlin Nosferatu. <laughs> yes. Uh, wait, no. Just to disappoint everyone. 
this is this is the we've been drinking and we're having fun version of steam powered scoundrels not that <laughs> scoundrels. so we're allowed we, to just throw out hyperbole and insults and other bs because we're having fun we've been at this for eight hours i think around that, yeah. yeah around that okay it's 2020 uh, time isn't real you good <laughs> i think so yeah just i want to reinforce nephilim mummies Nephilim mummies. Nothing bad can happen. Nothing bad could happen. Oh well, welcome to the salt mine. I'm your host, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's, there's a dude doing like YouTube content who calls himself the salt mine, so I can't take that anymore. My bad. Let's see. Uh, I'm disappointed in the lack of an Ivan backstory, but I realize, yeah, he's he's had backstory at least, so let's give it to some other people. But like next book, please, Ivan stuff, please. Please, please. I am sad that Cooper doesn't have an ounce of Teddy Roosevelt in it. <laughs> now, I understand that, like, we were the people that kind of championed that idea. We still <laughs> wanted it to be Roosevelt. When we saw a big game hunter that vaguely resembled Roosevelt, we're like, it's Roosevelt! But yeah, no, no conservationism, no teddy bear story. He just kills things. So, yeah. That, that was my disappointment, but I was the one who set myself up for it, so not not where it's fault at, at all. Um, we didn't get the Catalans in the book. I understand since they're outcast, I guess, would be solely outcast models. They wouldn't technically be in the book, but it still would be nice if Anya had her full crew starting off. But they're, they're probably coming out pretty quick, so another mild gripe. Um, alongside the whole no Egyptology thing, we have no Arctic explorers, mm-hmm. which was the other like big thing people are doing around this time period. So next book, I think EVS needs like an Arctic explorer henchman or, or enforcer. That, that's that's what needs to happen. It really does. Because we're, we're not going to get a full crew of it at this point, but we don't need to. We just need some references like, hey, this is the thing that was going on in the world. Let's pull some of those people over and like the, the eternal vicious volleyball match between Euripides and Rattles. <laughs> <laughs> just pop in and be like, hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Just passing through. <laughs> oh, volleyball? Yeah. Uh, cool. Nice serve. Oh, dope, dude. Good spike. <laughs> that guy's too short to play volleyball. <laughs> uh, is that a haiku reference? That's that like, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Yep, 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 yep. yep. <laughs> I guess the, the overall theme of the faction was not what I was expecting. I was expecting more possibly, explorers. Yeah, more explorers, <laughs> more more like different biomes and stuff. And at least we got EVS, so I'm happy we got some of that. So uh, I'm not too mad about it, but. We've got we've got two spy masters in this game. <laughs> I mean, as they pointed out, it's kind of what an actual explorer society in that time kind of was, which was just a bunch of rich people hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, it was. But like those rich people are going around doing things instead of, you know, making packs with shadow demons and being a hive mind. You don't know that. I guess I to be, to it's Malifaux. If you like, listen this to is, the Magnus Archive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly actually really, really like this because the, the lineup is such a great joke. It's like, we've got two spy masters. One's a high mind and the other one that's literally fused with shadows. And we've got this magnate, this ruthless rail magnet that owns all of the rail lines around Malifaux and then she has so much power and then we got we got this undying lady that can make things not dead, and it's, she's super powerful. We got the guy on the frontier making a good name for himself and bringing hope to the people, and we got this guy going around raiding tombs and getting all this cool stuff and, and whatnot. And then we got the guy with the gun that shoot thing good. <laughs> Who was technically originally in charge. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's be fair here. He gave the keys over to Janice, and she brought in the spider lady and the rail person. Like, 
if if Cooper was in charge, you probably would have gotten your more explorery types. Yeah, but they all be like Cooper, which would be yeah. an Indian, which yeah. Would be, which but they'd all yeah, they'd all be a bunch of fucking bland, milquetoast American and Englishman explorers with Actually, manifest destiny on the mind. I'm and going- there'd be even more mustaches. <laughs> oh damn! Don't, Twenty-seven don't- message mentions a mustache in the book. Don't intrigue. <laughs> Okay. I'm not doing it, Roman. I'm going to do a full 180 on this, and I've decided that I actually like the Cooper story. Yay! (laughs) The reason I I like this as a Cooper story is because I have to look at it as a villain origin story. Yeah, he's an absolute absolute caricature. Out of all the stories in the book, this one elicited the most genuine emotions out of me. Most of those emotions were rage. But still, it did a great job of eliciting that out of my body, and I'm sure that was on purpose. So cool. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, oh, they're so wholesome isn't necessarily an emotion. I mean, it is, but it's just not as powerful as goddamn it. I hate this fucker. Anger and salt, which fuels my body. Okay, uh, last last topic. What what next? What do we hope to see from the explorers? So we know in the near future we're getting starter boxes, which we already know what the starter box for the explorers is. And I guess after that, well, I guess not after that, we know, thanks again to Craig, that we are getting alternative title master cards. They, they confirmed it for... Cry and... Cry yeah, the, the oh, TOS yeah. starter box. So I mean, I that's been only, in the book since day one. Since yeah, been I can only assume the other ones are, you know, down the road because it would kind of suck if only two... Like, that was just, uh, just an unfair advantage if... Right. One of your, you've got a master that you can pick two versions of. So whenever we get to expanding the explorers faction, what 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 do you expect? Well, let's just let's just go with like one because I feel like we can flesh this out into an entire episode by itself. Mm-hmm. I'll go first. Are we already talked about Ludwig? We already talked about Arctic explorers. I want Klaus Norwood to be a Dua member. Oh yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. mimic guy that's like the information broker, and we got a nice little thing about him for through the breach. So let's just bring him right into Explorers right away. He fit perfectly into the de- Department of Ungentlemanly Affairs. We'll go in reverse order. Victoria. Centipede ladies. Ooh, I like it. Mm-hmm. More uh, legs. Oh, God. And, and tiny yeah, infinitesimal glue, glue points. <laughs> Clearly, clearly <laughs> for- All separate pieces. Clearly for. Clearly for Cadmus and not EVS. Damn it. <laughs> it could be both, maybe. I don't know. Maybe you just need like all terrain humans. <laughs> all I'm, terrain I'm, humans. I'm, I'm, McMorning joins the Malfo Explorer Society. <laughs> uh, the old ATHs. <laughs> Joe, what do you what do you want to see? Uh, so it's a really random call out in the eyes and ears uh, fluff, but I love Cadmus. And I want them to have robots that they tug over. Because I yes. feel like the fluff is specifically there to kind of blah, blah, you giving parasite tokens to robots. But it opens the door for you to make, I don't know, fucking weird robots with sp- spider and mite legs. It's so cool. Cadmus is the best, you guys. Oh, no. It is. Yes. Join oh. Cadmus. Oh, man. No, I, I, I just got this mental image of they find like a cache of Ramos's stuff <laughs> and they're just like yeah add webs to that that's what we were doing anyway oh god ramos is gonna come back just to fight for the <laughs> title of spider king yep. ramos is the new master for cadmus 
<laughs> like it's a whole spider keyword. <gasps> uh, Just have to uh, remove fifty okay. percent of the robot or the non-robot parts. So I feel like it was an absolute crime that there were no infamous models in the uh, EVS keyword because you know we've got we've got some crossover between airship pirates and real ship sailors. So I I, I crafted a little story where Orville Orville comes to Maxine is like Maxine dear I believe I found some good candidates for new recruits that you were asking for <laughs> they're they're willing to work for cheap and they even have prior experience. On an airship, no less. But I will confess, they're an odd bunch. And then Maxine replies, oh, do tell. Well, they're sort of, they have a sort of calling card. Uh, when on field duty, they will abscond with the enemy's footwear. For what purpose, I haven't the slightest, but it seems harmless. Uh, very well, bring them in. And then three gremlins walk in, wearing very odd, loose approximations of sailor uniforms. And then Orville, Maxine, may I introduce the free booters? Oh... Maxine audibly groans as these, <laughs> these gremlin pirates have now joined the EVS crew. Oh, God. Love In- it. Inventory must be taken twice a week. <laughs> Roman. So I want more werewolves in, in Malifaux anyway. And the more I look at it, uh, Anya actually is a pretty solid way to make it work with the fluff that they've established. Like they've, they've established that long, long ago, Neverborn came through momentary breaches and, you know, bred with especially like mangled. Native Americans. Use the word mangled. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> mingled with especially Never more mingle. <laughs> <laughs> ah yes the your area you don't look anything like your tinder profile wait you look exactly like your tinder profile what the hell <laughs> only monsters.com <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway resident monster fucker <laughs> I mean deep down aren't we all true not even that deep um <laughs> I want the devs to be like, hey, Doug, we want to interact with your podcast. You are ruining this for me. And then we say some shit like monsterfuckers.com. <laughs> no, my purity. Yeah, sure. Now you we're have never that? ruining. Now we'll never find a husband. <laughs> Episode two was weird Mike's butts. Let's be fair here. You buried the lead a long time ago. He brings up a good point. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they've established like there are skin changers and, and shapeshifters and humans of some neverborn mimic ish uh, shape changing ability, especially in the Native American population. Anya is Native American. And I think adding more Native Americans to Malifaux in general, but through her, you could bring in members of the same family or tribe uh, mm-hmm. in the syndicate keyword. And you could also potentially give them Chimera keyword, which would be mm-hmm. wicked cool. Mm-hmm. I'm trying really Sick. hard not to picture Animorphs here. <laughs> oh, did, don't even don't even try. That's exactly where we're going. <laughs> shit okay that's everyone this is a long ass podcast roman i do apologize ahead of time for you having to edit this but we've had a blast it's great oh everyone just just be excited and happy we've got the explorers it's been a long road we got the explorers celebrate enjoy your games folks hopefully you enjoy this podcast and as i always say we always say fun is always king have fun with those models folks yes also 
Also, we're sorry. This yeah, we're we're sorry for this one. Not a Friday night photon. You don't have to apologize for anything yeah. except for the whole like ruining my chances with with Matt Senpai. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Cal, Cal's more of the fluffy lad, so Cal Senpai. Yeah, we're gonna go with Cal. <laughs> Songs used in this production are Villainous Treachery and Five Card Shuffle. All music is created by Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.